Hello and welcome to Stormdrays Podcast, episode number 125. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. 125, guys. Already? That means we, yeah, we are one-eighth of the way to a thousand. We're almost there. Yay. We just need to be keeping this up for another 16 years, evidently. <laughs> Is that what the day. math works out to? That's what the math works out to, yeah. Okay, uh, 14 cool. years. Yeah, 14 years. Another 14 years. We had okay. the podcast both ways uphill. All right, into our uh, our sponsors, we're going to give a shout-out to our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Also, again, make sure you're ready. Three weeks, three weeks from today is the start of the first uh, annual Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh, you, We want you there. You want to be there. Trust me, you want to be there. Uh, the guest list is still growing. It's downtown at the uh, Utah Salt Lake Salt Palace uh, address... Well, really, if you don't know where the Salt Palace is, just Google it. Um, it's I'm downtown a, Salt Lake. You'll yeah. find I'm it. Such, I'm such a great advertiser. <laughs> I've downtown Salt Lake is like four blocks. Guest. I don't really want to say it because it is just a rumor, but I am hearing rumors of a Doctor Who guest. Yeah. Make sure you come visit us over at uh, Booth J12. Uh, we'll be recording, uh, and we want you on the air as well. So that'll be fun. Into some feedback. Uh, last uh, week we talked about the Bitcoin being ruled by a Texas judge as a actual currency, a legitimate currency, and therefore needs to be regulated. Uh, we didn't really, we have limited understanding of economics, which is why we're all dirt poor. And yes. so I sort of called, <laughs> I called on some help for, from Ruff. Uh, Ruff actually wrote back uh, in a humorous way. I guess he wasn't really expecting to hear his name called out. He was falling asleep to the podcast. <laughs> Which well, that's tells never you a good thing. Yeah, well, which tells you what he thinks insomnia. of us. <laughs> well, there's NPR too, Ruff. You know, have you tried them, or are we, <laughs> are we worse? Okay, uh, but he writes, uh, "Hi guys, just a short note about uh, the Bitcoin regulation. The judge is ruling that Bitcoin is a currency because you can exchange with U.S. dollars, euros, pounds, etc. is plain silly. You can also trade comic books or beaver pelts for U.S. dollars. Are they currency?" Also, to add some clarity, the federal government doesn't regulate the currency. That's the job of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has been printing money like crazy, as one of you mentioned. Uh, I think it was Honor, actually. Yes. The Secret Service is mixing there somewhere, ensuring the purity of the dollar. Cheers, Ruff. Ruff, thank you. Yeah, you're right. He's absolutely right. We hadn't really considered that. Most people kind of forget about the Federal Reserve, and we're, we're no different. Yeah, and also thanks too. I, I I didn't know that you could sell beaver pelts for U.S. dollars, so now I know what to do with all my beaver pelts. Got this a large so collection <laughs> collecting dust there, do you, Schmitty? Just yeah, just piling here in the basement. I don't, I didn't know what to do with them, so he he had been using them for his children's clothes, but now he knows he can sell them and diapers. And <laughs> I I need a hat made, so get on that before I sell them. Yes, I will make you a hat. Okay, Daniel Boone. <laughs> It'll only cost you three comic books. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I think the point Ruff is trying to make that even though we can say, well, it's now a regulated currency, there is still no entity to regulate it. So, you can say it's regulated all you want, but until an entity steps up to do it, it's still... Yeah. How do we get into that I, racket? I, I, I thought that since... Um, uh, the DEA was was getting in on on transactions and stuff like that. I thought that meant that they were kind of already regulating it in a way, 
Um, How do you regulate a currency, though, that anyone can make? Yeah, that's true. I guess they were just uh, no, monitoring it. They seem it to for- do the U.S. dollar pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. we, have, <laughs> we have breaking news. Our first headline is actual breaking news. This uh, just broke this this afternoon, um, and it's kind of a big one for us geeks, especially for Schmidt and I, because we've been there. But the U.S. government has admitted to Area 51 and has declassified documents about it. It's that dance club downtown, isn't it? <laughs> now... To be fair, they're not actually declassifying Area 51, but the U-2 program. Uh, for anyone who's too young to remember, the U-2 is a Lockheed uh, high-altitude spy plane. Uh, it set many, many, many records. It's very, very oddly shaped, and it was just it was our big eye in the sky during the Cold War. Well, it was developed at Groom Lake, Nevada. And so while they were trying to find a testing area and a development area... I guess these guys were flying around and found this perfect dry lake bed where it looked like someone had set up an airstrip a long time ago. It was right on the corner of the nuclear proving grounds. It was not far from from, uh, Las Vegas. And so they decided to set up a top-secret testing facility, and the government dubbed it Area 51. Now, this is not obviously saying that there's a lot of aliens there or whatnot, but this is the first time that the government has actually admitted, yes, there's an Area 51, yes, it is called Area 51, and yes, it had to do with the development of top-secret aircraft. So Bono from U-2 came from Area 51. Got it. No, actually, that's a reference to the IRA wars. Oh, but, okay. um, <laughs> Slightly less whimsical. You know? This is significant, though, because when they did... Um uh, Independence Day, and they they actually had the help of the government making the movie until they found out that they were going to be referencing Area 51 in the movie, and then the government said, we'll continue to help you if you remove this reference. And when they didn't, the government withdrew their support from helping to make it Independence Day. I did not know that. Fun facts on StolenDroids.com. Yep. Very cool. Now, is it just me, or is this, like, the worst-kept secret in all of forever? Yeah. I, I know. I mean, <laughs> Everyone's known about it. You guys have freaking been there. What was it? Like, Bob's Deli or something? You know? I mean, obviously. Well, there's no signs there that actually identify it as Area 51. The signs don't say it. The signs simply say, don't take pictures of this sign. <laughs> <laughs> or anything past it. Uh, the uh, the little white SUV that came down to escort us away was unmarked. Uh, it had no The people in it had no markings or no uniforms. Really, you have no indication that it's a government facility at all, except for the fact that there seems to be a lot keeping you out of it. Yeah. We were Wait convinced that... Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead, Schmidt. I want to hear we, your story. We were, we were convinced that uh, they had cameras hidden in Joshua trees and, and cows because uh, there's no other way they would have known we were there except for that fact. <laughs> so another yeah, YouTube reference. That That's actually a really good point. How, how did they know you were there? Spy satellites. Uh, NSA actually, tracking your cell phone. But no, I didn't know you guys got escorted out. Well, we didn't quite get escorted out. We decided to leave before they came any closer. So, basically, you saw them coming and you're, holy crap, let's go. So, you yeah, fled the authorities. Much. They don't remember anything because the men in black flashy thingied them. 
There, there's technically uh, no authorities because remember they don't carry badges and they just don't weapons, exist. right? Um, now, the, the thing is, is that it's like you're right. Everyone knows about Area 51. Everyone knows exactly what it is or what not it is. The conspiracy theorists go nuts. But really, if you look at it, and I'm not trying to like apologize for the government or anything, but. They had no reason to declassify anything about it. Why would they say anything about it? Even the name Area 51 isn't some huge mystery. It's the 51st government testing area. It means that there's at least 50 others. And they're all probably in secret somewhere, too. Well, some of them aren't. Some of them are simply government plots of land. There but could be a resource there. It could be, you know, who knows what. Yeah, the aliens reason I, I heard that it was called the uh, Area 51, um, the, the uh, government bought a whole bunch of, whole big plot of land out there for, for nuclear bomb testing um, and whatnot, and, and the designation of 51 comes from the site that the actual building was built on. So all 160-something, I want to say, 160-something sites are all in that Groom Lake area, but the actual building itself where they do all the admin is on the 51st plot. That's how I understood it. Uh, of course, I don't know that without reading those documents, so... <laughs> that just I, sounds secretive. I always yeah. figure that has something to do with they've got 51 alien corpses there, but... Well, th- no, it's 52. Oh, 52? <laughs> okay. They find pairs. Everyone knows that. Oh, that's right. How, how <laughs> could I be so foolish? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so fun fact. I mean, all the conspiracy theorists are going to go nuts now. Well, they lied to us about this. You know, well, technically, they never did actually lie. They just never said anything about it. So. It was a lie of omission. Yeah, get ready for a whole bunch of uh, new moon landing mythers as well. Well, everybody knows that one was fake. <laughs> I'm going to reach through my screen and throttle you. Okay, so um, in completely other news, you know, just fun headline and kind of amazing that it's breaking, that it finally is breaking. I mean, I'm kind of expecting to see what happened to Hoffa next or, or JFK. That probably won't be for another 10 years or so, though. CIA uh, involvement. Um, and the Teamsters and yeah, Castro. Exactly, exactly. Communists. Got to throw the communists in there. The uh, to, to quote the onion, I think the uh, former president was slain. Uh, the slain president was shot 42 times from 13 different angles. Well, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so up on Mashable this week was an interesting op-ed um, about how teenagers just aren't using Facebook anymore. And it poses the question whether or not Facebook is actually dying. Now, part of me wants to say this article is a complete farce because no 13-year-old I've ever known writes this well. But on the other hand, it turns out this 13-year-old actually writes a lot for a lot of different sites. So it wasn't in leech speak? It actually used punctuation. There were complete sentences that encapsulated complete thoughts. She had an Yeah, actually very coherent sentences and very coherent thoughts. I I thought it was a very well-written piece. And in fact, my first thought, Zook, when I read it was, no 13-year-old writes this well, just like you thought. So Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I followed her Twitter and going to her other articles as well. It turns out she writes for a lot of different publications. But it brings up some interesting points, mainly that teenagers 
are always about the newest, latest, greatest. We are followers, it says. We want what's trending. And if Facebook isn't trending, teens won't care. So back when everyone, all of her friends wanted Facebook accounts and their parents said no, but there was this brand new thing called Instagram and parents didn't know about it, everyone hopped on Instagram instead. Now, none of her friends are on Facebook. <laughs> They're all on, you know, Snapchat and Instagram and whatever the latest, greatest thing is. And it got me actually thinking that this person may be actually dead on. Uh, as a 32-year-old, I've kind of forgotten what it's like to be a teenager. But as a teenager, it doesn't really... There's no feeling of loss to jump from one thing to the next. If one email client... I mean, and I was this way as a teenager. I, my first email address was a Juno email address. But as soon as another uh, service came along that was better, I ditched it and I started using my new one. And then another service came along that was better and I ditched it. I went through like four or five email addresses before Gmail ever launched. But as an adult now, as someone who's a bit older, you kind of invest more, I guess, is the feeling we have. And we don't jump around as much. So teenagers probably don't feel any loss or remorse about just ditching their Facebook account for something else, whereas someone else would feel a little... I mean, Schmitty, it's kind of like you and Google. Uh. You would, if you were 13, 14, it wouldn't be a big deal for you to just drop everything Google and jump in the next big thing, but now it's a lot harder for you. So uh, has anybody else noticed this? I mean, I guess from our listeners or anything like that? Well, That's a good question. I, I've kind of noticed it from. I mean, um, my uh, my nieces have have gotten Facebook accounts um, before they were thirteen, actually, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I've kind of seen the trend of them using it go down a lot. They they post pictures and things for the because they're urged by the family because because the rest of our family members have a Facebook account, um, but I've all the uh, the chatting and the, and the uh, the Facebook posts between friends has all moved off of Facebook and onto Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so I I've seen it it with my nieces. Hmm. Well, as I don't have any teenagers, I guess I have no real way of finding out. But yeah, we want to know any listeners. If you have kids that are doing it, if you are a kid that's not, if you have friends or nieces, nephews, whatever, feedback at StolenDroids.com. We'd love to hear. Well, you know, it's interesting because a study just came out. I think it, it came out today showing that uh, Facebook makes people depressed. Maybe teens just are tired of feeling emo and they don't want to hang out on Facebook because it makes them sad. Isn't that a oh, natural yeah. state of teens? Is to I was about emo? to say, yeah, because teenagers hate feeling low and like the world's against them. Yeah. I'm the only person who feels this way ever. <laughs> I think geeks feel that way, too, sometimes. It's because anyway. we are alone. Whoa. We're very, very alone. At least okay. that's what the GM tells us. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Schmitty, pronunciation check. Elon Musk. Thank you. Uh, the founder, co-founder of PayPal, co-founder of SpaceX, uh, the Falcon Rocket Company, founder of Tesla Motor Company, uh, basically the real-life Tony Stark. He's trying to drag us kicking and screaming into the future. This week he um, finalized, I shouldn't say finalized, but he finally announced his plans for the Hyperloop. The Hyperloop is a high-speed train for lack of a better term. It's not actually technically a train, but it's a series of pods that will travel upwards around 900 miles an hour 
uh, and be able to do so with minimal power and supposedly transport people great distances in the blink of an eye. Don't we already have these at Disneyland and Disney World? No, no, no. Uh, these are not the Springfield monorails. And, in fact, they're not quite as fast, surprisingly, as some of the bullet trains. But, and here's the big thing, right now California is looking at getting their own high-speed train. According to him, this will cost one-fifth the total project cost of their high-speed train, and it'll be double the speed. Yay, innovation. He's looking for investors right now. It basically uses a bunch of linear um, motors, kind of like you see on the on uh, uh, roller coasters. There's a compressor at the front and an exhaust in the back, so it's basically creating a negative pressure space in the tube in front of it and then shooting the air out the back in addition to using the linear actuators. So it's actually flying through a lot faster than you might expect. Um, Shoots air out the back, kind of like a fart. Yes, exactly. Another fun fact. Uh, he wants a train certain, that farts. I'm fairly certain he didn't use such wording in his proposal. Probably not, but, you know, we got to break it down. <laughs> Listen here, for those of you who don't understand the science talk, what he means is the locomotion is achieved by farting. Um, oh, there's an entire southern area of the country that won't be listening to us again. <laughs> Schmitty thinks he's saying something, but he's muted. Um, Hello, guys. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Zook. Um, <laughs> we'll just start again. We'll start that whole conversation over again. <laughs> we're, we're only 18 minutes in. This is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you can get backing for this, this would be really, really, really awesome, I think. If we could actually start to get a high-speed train system covering the country, I know I would love to never have to take a road trip again. Go down to the Vegas Con on a train? Yeah, sure. At 900 miles an hour. We'll be there in an hour. We'll be there in less. Well, we got to make stops on the way. Not if you're only in there for like 15 minutes. Um. So yeah, let's uh, let's all. If it, I bet you, if he kickstarted it, it would uh, get funding pretty fast. We got a bunch of Microsoft, Google, and phone news, and I know we usually center on that, but let's blow through it if we can because we're already at you know we're already like a third of the way through the show. Yep. Um, a class action lawsuit is trying to take off. Um, over the Surface RT, that's Microsoft's uh, tablet, their their cheaper one, a law firm is trying to sue them and get other people to sue them too, saying that Microsoft lied about how successful the the Windows RT tablet is uh, in an effort to inflate their stock price. Here's what's kind of dumb about this. No, they didn't. And I don't need Ruff's help to tell me they didn't because they were pretty, I mean, they were spinning it like a salesperson does by saying, you know, you know, people love the Surface RT, but they didn't actually release how many numbers were sold. Their stock prices never fluctuated. They never tried selling them at a higher inflated rate. They never tried cornering their own stock stock prices. And they even admitted when they had to take a loss and reabsorb $900 million worth of inventory. And I believe that through it all, their stock price actually went down. 
So I'm not entirely sure what this entire lawsuit has anything to do with in reality, but maybe it'll just die for that reason. Are these people perhaps European, maybe close ties to Europe? Because we know how Europe likes to sue Microsoft. Yeah, but they actually use the actual courts, not private attorneys, to do so. More likely, this is the guy that tried to sue the oatmeal. Uh, so we should be treated to some serious fun coming up then. Yeah. Um, or at least he comes from the same law school and bartender institute. Um, into other Microsoft news, uh, the Xbox One has been backtracked again. Originally, Microsoft said that to use them... Xbox One, you will need to use Connect. Now they're saying that they, it will work without Connect enabled. I'm kind of wondering at what point Microsoft is going to say, fine, fine, it's just the Xbox 360 again, you win. Probably pretty soon, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what people... I know I'm the Microsoft fanboy of the panel here, so take Me what I too. say with a grain of salt. You know? But... It's like my, my people, Microsoft really is trying to get you the best product they know how to make, and you're ruining it. Well, are they just paranoid because of all the NSA and privacy stuff that's going on right now? And- Honestly, I don't think most connect Xbox Live users are that intelligent. Mm. Yeah, because I, I- if they were... If they were worried about what another agency might be recording on them, they wouldn't be constantly swearing into a server system, a voice over IP <laughs> server system. Yeah, honestly, I think most of the uh, the guff they've been given from from the community um, is only because the timing of the announcement was very shortly after EA's kerfuffle with DRC. So um, DRM or DRM, thank you. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that the timing. I mean, it, it it's what it seemed like. All of that stuff was. They're all all the people that were complaining were referencing EA and how bad their DRM was, and it, it couldn't have been a worse timing, I believe. I, I think you're right on the money there, Schmitty. EA has given DRM such a horrible, horrible name. People equate DRM and video games with unplayable. And it's just, yeah, that's that's unfortunate for Microsoft. Yeah, and and like like many people have proven, um, Apple and um, Sony in some instances, Microsoft in some instances, uh, as they have proven, DRM, if done right, works really well and does serve the customer really well. Yeah, and it's we entirely should. transparent too. Yeah. Uh, the the issue with the uh, with the connect was that if your Xbox was turned off but your connect was enabled you could turn it on by speaking to it leading people to believe that that meant it was actually always listening which in a way it kind of is here's the thing though many android phones have the same functionality yeah which means your phone is always listening to you but that's a cool feature that people really like, and they can actually advertise that in their ads, and people buy the phone for that reason. But as soon as we throw that on our living room console, whoa, man, too far, too far. <laughs> what what most people don't realize or, or don't know is that a lot of those always-on microphones that are always listening for that Xbox or OK Google, those 
are actually um, embedded into the chip of the microphone. So the phone itself or the Kinect itself isn't always listening, but the chip that drives the microphone is always listening for that for that cue, not ever sending any data until it hears that. So once people understand that, they know that, well, it's harder for NSA or someone to hack in and, and get that information. Plus, all the NSA is ever going to get is they're going to see me working out to Biggest Loser in my underwear. Which is a bonus. <laughs> it's been established that you can't wear pants while using a Kinect. No, no, I can't. They bind. <laughs> um... Really, I think Microsoft just needs to get the memo that haters going to hate, move on. Because I'm so sick and tired of seeing the Xbox One get gimped more and more and more with every single press release. Yeah, they've really taken it down quite a few notches, haven't they? It it was going to be the next gen and worth buying, and in my opinion, now it's just, like, it's a half step now. It's not the step that it was going to be. And if they keep gimping it anymore, I'll just keep my 360. There's no point in upgrading at that point. <laughs> Except for the new so. titles. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, uh, Google and Microsoft are at it again. Uh, this one, in my opinion, is Google's issue, but uh, some backstory here. On the Windows Phone platform, Microsoft originally launched a YouTube app. Really, all it was was it, it said it was an app. It really wasn't. It just led you to the mobile website. Well, eventually they finally launched an app. I want to say January of this year. It was awesome. It was really, really awesome. It allowed you to watch the videos offline. It allowed you to pause at any point and pick up at any point. It kept high quality. It was smooth. You could search very quickly. It was a great little app. Google didn't like it. They said, well, you know, we don't like it because you're not using the right APIs. Microsoft said, well, you refuse to give us the right APIs, and you refuse to make one yourself, so we had to make one. Well, you can't use it without using our APIs. In this corner. <laughs> so here's how it was at the first step. Google said, you have to use our programming. Microsoft said, you refuse to give us your programming, so we can't we can't make it using your programming. Google said, fine, we will work with you and help you make an app. Microsoft said, okay, pulled the app and worked with Google engineers to make a new YouTube app. Well, about three, four days ago, Microsoft made good on their promise, and the new YouTube app came out. Google disabled it. Google is now saying that they don't like the programming because it doesn't use, it's not an HTML5 viewer. Microsoft is contending, yeah, we know it's not an HTML5 viewer. Your own engineer said it's too hard to do, which is why they've refused to upgrade the Android one or the iPhone YouTube app to HTML5. (laughs) You're asking us to make an app that your own engineers won't make you. So Google is going on right now. <laughs> Google is blocking the app that Google engineers helped make. <laughs> it's hard in this instance not to see Google acting like a douche. What yeah. was their company motto again? Don't be evil. No. I, I think that they're kind of throwing that one out the window. Yeah. It's still oh, a great fun fact. It was actually never really their motto. It was well, yeah, <laughs> this quote was, from yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it's well, attributed and, to them. Google yeah. people don't be evil. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, too. Microsoft is fed up. Microsoft usually releases these really nice, okay, you know, we're going to be just kind of passive-aggressive and say we really want to work with the other company. No, they're not. The official uh, response here is, it seems to us that Google's reasons for blocking our app are manufactured so we can't give our users the same experience Android and iPhone users are getting. The roadblocks Google has set up are impossible to overcome, and they know it. So, them's fighting words. Now... The funny thing is here is if you have a Google, if you have a Windows phone, there's actually like seven other apps you can use that have better functionality than the YouTube app, and YouTube and Google can't block them. So just use those instead. Interesting. Just goes to show kind of like what you say. If you can't get it legitimately, people find a way to steal it. Yeah. Um. I know I said we were going to fly through the Microsoft stuff, but we're not so far. Um, more douche news from Google. They came out and finally said in a statement that uh, Gmail isn't private. This is about as good a secret as the Area 51 was. Well, yeah. How long have but, I been saying if you got <laughs> crap on the Internet, it's not private? What's really well, yeah, we've all been saying that, and it's totally true. But what's really funny is, uh, I want to say maybe six months ago, what is it that Microsoft launched their Scroogled campaign, uh, yeah. where someone says, "Why, why are all these ads popping up about what I have in my email?" And the other person says, "Well, because Gmail reads all your mail and and gives you ads based on it." And Gmail saying, no, we don't. We don't do that. That's not true. An algorithm goes through it. That's what gives you ads. Microsoft's making this all up. Well, today they announced, well, yeah, so what if we do it? We never said it was private. You shouldn't expect privacy. Why Why, why were you expecting private email? Well, because you told us it was. <laughs> I mean, in the back of our minds, let's admit it, we all knew we all knew it wasn't private, but you kept telling us it was. <laughs> well, even before Google came along, a lot of people knew. It was like, if you're going you're gonna to write up an email, almost act like it's a postcard that you've written a message on the postcard, and you're sending it through the mail, it's going to get read. Yeah. So, well, duh. Um, I don't know. Honestly, if you're a diehard Google user, this probably doesn't discourage you at all. Schmitty, you're probably still happily on Google. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly looking for replacements. It's hard because I have so much stuff on Google, but yeah, I'm I'm seriously looking now. And and I say that as I'm in a ha- a Google Hangout, I'm using <laughs> Google Docs, I'm using Google Chrome, I'm one step away from using Google Chrome OS. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to back out of that. But. You're checking your text messages on your Android phone. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm screwgold or whatever. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't judge. We don't judge. <laughs> and see, I think, it's, I think it's even harder for us Android users because we ha- are in so deep with our phones that I mean, we're, Google's got us. They've got us. And it's going to be really hard for people to get away, especially if they enjoy the Android platform. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I'm, I'm probably one step removed because I do use Windows Phone, but even I use my Gmail. So, I mean, you can't really escape it. If you're on the Internet and you have been for more than a month, you use Google. 
Yeah. Um, well, Schmitty, maybe you can uh, use Kim.com's new service. He's planning on launching a private email service. Yeah. Considering how many of them shut down recently. I don't know if I trust that man any farther than I could throw him, <laughs> however. Or he any weighs, service what, he like 600 pounds, so you're not throwing him very far? Trust the I'm more a weakling. Than I can't, than I can't throw my kids. <laughs> I trust him more than Google. I don't. <laughs> the feds aren't going to shut down Google tomorrow, but they've already shut down him before. Oh, well, maybe point. he just needs to give more cam- campaign contributions. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, getting all political. If he just lined the right pockets, he'd be fine. Instead right. of buying those, uh, all those helicopters and cars and mansions. Yeah, well, Google donates, so then what company look doesn't at, donate? Look though? at where, th- look at where they're at. <laughs> Kim dot com probably doesn't, and he's fleeing. So, well, he's also <laughs> from New Zealand. I don't think we actually take bribe money from. Him. I'm sorry, contributions from him. Uh, we take they take them from anyone. What are you talking about? All the money's green except for some foreign money, which is rainbow colored. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, speaking of Google and Android, um, it turns out that last quarter, eighty percent of all phones shipped were Android phones. Everybody loves Androids. That is impressive. That's an impressive number. Um, I think it also showed that Windows phones were actually slipping a bit. Uh, they dropped below the 5% that they were before, which is funny because I feel like we just barely, like a few episodes ago, gave that 5% number. So I don't know if this is like different reports for the same quarter or we were just late with the previous quarter report. Who knows? Uh, in any case, a lot of that market share came right out of iOS and showed a major slide from everything iOS, which I personally believe is proof that Apple is starting to slip. Apple starting to misstep and lose lose market. I I was actually talking to somebody uh, yesterday about this. You know, the, Steve Jobs did a really good job at getting the fanboys to come on board, and they were loyal for a long time. But with the death of Steve Jobs and the lack of innovation, there's really no reason for these fanboys to hang around, other than hey, I'm an Apple fanboy. And they're releasing features that have been on Android for years. And it's just, it, it's kind of a sad situation. But I, I think yeah. Apple's going to always be around. I mean, BlackBerry still has, what, 6% of the market or something. So. Uh, 0.6, you mean? Oh, 0.6, sorry. So, I mean, if, if BlackBerry can hang on like a cockroach that it appears to be, you know, I think Apple's going to be around for a while. But I think that they are definitely in decline. Well, sorry, go ahead, Trimini. Yeah, Apple's success, I believe, it hinged a lot on uh, their innovation. And and we've noted before on this podcast that their innovation has been rapidly declining. And now, especially without Steve Jobs, I think Steve Jobs drove that company to where it is now. And and without him, um, they'll either end up like BlackBerry or... If they do continue to exist, it'll be like the next IBM, just under the covers kind of thing. Or more likely, it'll be like Apple from the early 90s. Yeah, the pre-iMac era. Yeah, yeah, and 
Here, here's the thing about Apple currently, because you know, you say that they're not innovating anymore. Well, you take a look at the new Mac Pro. That thing, uh, the, the black R2D2, that Mac thing's Pro pretty, <laughs> yeah, that thing's pretty innovative. I love it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Unfortunately, the mobile space is an area you can't rest on your laurels. Uh, the Mac Pro previously sat there for like, I want to say five iterations without change. It never changed. In fact, the chassis before that, the computer enclosure was the same one from 99 back when it was a G5. Um, you can't have that in the mobile space. Phones and tablets can't stay the same. So I don't know what they're planning to do. Are they just going to rest and the iPhone and the iPad will be the same for the next maybe year? And then they'll come back just swinging with all barrels firing and it'll just be a complete blowout like it was originally? Or, or will Android become far too entrenched? Or will... Android start to cycle back the other way and it become the old horse that's being put out while the new iOS comes up. Because sure, everyone's using Android now, but there was a time, and not too long ago, when everyone was using BlackBerry. Yeah. That was still long enough ago, though, and BlackBerry really didn't have any competitors at that point that could do the stuff that Android and iOS can do now. Yeah, but iOS thought the same thing. Hey, there's no competitors that are really quite as good as us. And then Ice Cream Sandwich came out, and you know what? It was nice. It wasn't just capable. It was nice. And now Jelly Bean's out, and it's even better. So, in any case, um, speaking of BlackBerry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, BlackBerry has formed an exploratory committee to investigate the feasibility of being sold or auctioned off in pieces. Wasn't this predicted by our prediction show? Like a year and a half ago? Yeah. Um, wow, way to jump on that, Blackberry. Good job reading the tea leaves and seeing the signs. You really got ahead of that one. Who would want to buy Blackberry? No one now. Well, it's kind of like Hollywood coming out with Independence Day Part 2. You know, they're just striking while the iron's hot. Um, the iron has not been hot for a very long time. The iron would have been hotter before they kept delaying uh, BlackBerry OS ten, and certainly before they launched BlackBerry OS ten. So... Uh, hopefully pe- people won't lose their jobs, but unfortunately, if they're looking at this, they probably will. Sony is uh, leaks of a Sony device that on one hand is really innovative and on the other hand looks kind of terrifying, have pro- propped up. Um, everyone hates their cell phone's camera compared to an actual SLR because it's not as capable as an SLR, but no one wants an actual SLR in their pocket, right? What Sony has, and if you click on the link, and we'll have the link in the show notes, it's kind of terrifying. It (laughs) attaches to the front of your cell phone and connects to your cell phone, and it has the imaging sensor, the zoom, all the features built into it, and it looks like a gigantic wart that hooks on there. So you use your phone as the viewfinder and as the actual app system. Yeah, I I think this is a brilliant idea, um, mainly because... DSLRs uh, for the past 10 years have been very highly priced. And I think the main reason because of that is because they've had to 
have a, um, a touch screen or or some color LCD display on there. They've had to have they had to have an OS, a way to store things on it. But now, if it's just the lens apparatus and your fo- it, it offloads offloads all that other functionality to your phone, they're saving a lot of money. So you're only you're only spending two hundred or three hundred dollars for the lens apparatus. I think this is a brilliant idea. I think these will take off if uh, I, I mean. You have less to carry too, so. Would this be for every type of phone, or only Sony type phones? That's a good question. Uh, they say that any type of phone, but I think they're limiting it right now to Android. Um, and I and I'll bet you it's built to hook into a Sony phone as well, which is unfortunate because Sony does not make the best Android phones right now. <laughs> no. I, I I see this being really really good if you're really into mobile photography. But the first time that thing is hooked to your phone and you quickly get a call that you need to take, it's going to become a big pain in the butt. Yeah, well, and, and that's the same with taking any pictures while uh, taking any pictures on your phone. Uh, your phone is still a phone. Um, and that aside, though, um, if you're if you want to get into serious photography but don't have the twelve hundred dollars to plop down on a on a camera. This is perfect. You know, you don't need a huge camera case for it. It's just the lens. I I think it's a good midway point. People that don't want to put down twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks, um, but still want better quality images than the camera that's built into their phone. True, true. We'll have to see how it goes. Again, this may this may unfortunately just be a prototype that they're announcing, but will never go anywhere. And maybe it'll be something that we all see pretty soon. Uh, LG. Uh, the, the company in Korea had a hilarious kerfuffle this last week. They uh, were giving away a hundred vouchers for free LG G2s. The G2 is their newest flagship phone, and they wanted to really make it clever by saying the G is in the cloud, like cloud computing. So they released a hundred balloons filled with free phone vouchers. Oh, facepalm. Now, um, people wanted the phones, so what are you going to do? Allow this voucher to go floating off to, I don't know, maybe North Korea, where they can't redeem them? How many guns do they have in Korea? Um, well, not a lot of actual guns, but a lot of BB ones. So it suddenly turned into, like, you know, Alabama, and everyone is just <laughs> shooting up in the sky to bring down these balloons. <laughs> um, 20 people were injured. Uh... I shouldn't laugh. (laughs) You can't help but laugh. Has anyone seen WKRP in Cincinnati when Les Grossman throws all the turkeys out of the helicopter? God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. Fun fact, turkeys cannot fly. (laughs) Fun fact, everyone in every country has a little bit of American redneck in them when when free things are on the line. Yeah, there was even reports of, of people bringing spears. <laughs> uh, it doesn't as say you do. it, as you do. It doesn't say whether or not anyone was was hurt by the spears. They only mentioned people being hurt by BB guns. But I I can imagine that the spears were doing damage too. You throw a spear straight up at a balloon. I imagine bad things are going to happen shortly. Now we very quiet. A well, spear is easier to dodge than a BB, though. So I'll <laughs> give you that. <laughs> So if you can dodge a wrench, <laughs> you can dodge a spear. 
<laughs> Hopefully no one was throwing wrenches at the balloons. <laughs> That's like sub-Alabama level right there. <laughs> I I have nothing else to say about that. That was just too good. <laughs> um, we are we're running short on these, so let's let's run through them really fast here. Uh, first off, the Pirate Bay has decided to launch its own browser uh, that will center on security for censorship reasons. You can get around tr- the censorship in England and Iran and a few other places. I trust uh, this just about as much as Kim dot com. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, I'm not going to be using this. <laughs> I, I gave it a try, and it's, it's actually kind of interesting how it works. Um, it has a built-in proxy. It it, it uses a, a network with the, a network that they call the Tor network, um, and I believe it's it's a built-in VPN, built-in proxy. And when you're when you're on the Tor network. Um, the way that the data is sent to you is almost the same way that torrents uh, torrents work. So if you're loading a website with a lot of images or a lot of videos, it's going to load faster for you, especially if someone else is on that same website. Or um, torrents are, are immediately downloadable, as it were, as if it were a normal download. It's kind of an interesting way to uh, <laughs> to implement a browser, but works for that market, I guess. Um, A new little thing has cropped up. If you're on Facebook or if you've watched the news, you've probably seen it. uh, Warning you about taking pictures and posting them on Instagram or on Facebook because gasp, these pictures have actual information with them that people can use to track you and your family. Uh, This comes from an actual news report that was on some local channel. Uh, Not here in Utah, I don't think, but I've seen it elsewhere. Um, people, it's called EXIF data, E-X-I-F. It's been around since as long as there have been digital cameras. It captures the make and model of your camera, which ISO the picture was taken at, the aperture, and potentially, if it's from a smartphone, your geo data, meaning where it was taken. It's been around forever. And if no one has shown up at your home yet from it, then, uh, I don't think they will. <laughs> I almost want to uh, spoof this this fear and overlay the actual longitude latitude data over all my pictures and post them to Facebook. Here, you really want to find me? Here, here's my exact location. I'll even give you a link to the Google Maps. Make sure it's Area Fifty One. <laughs> Again, it's nice to see that people are striking on this when the iron's hot. I just got it. He's being sarcastic. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so smart. Um, yeah, Facebook used to actually show EXIF data, and if you are on your iPad or on your iPhone, you can pull up in your camera roll by places where you've taken the picture. However, um, Facebook no longer does it. It strips out all EXIF data, and... If people are tracking you by the pictures on your iPhone, it's because they have your iPhone, which is worse. Christian Bale may be coming back as the Batman. I don't know if I believe this yet, because I don't think anything has been officially announced. No, but they offered him $60 million to do so. That's $60 million good reasons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can talk I just, like this for sixty million dollars. I think he's. I think he's going to be even more gravelly than he was before because I think it's like uh, Michael Dorn after seven years of playing Worf his voice was actually altered I don't know if Christian Bale can talk like a normal person anymore <laughs> hello I'd love this role I'd love to play Batman again because it's all I could ever do um, blinked I win Batman out <laughs> and finally um, we're going to skip one here and go right into the smart TV a report has come out that smart TV users are twice as likely to cut the cord. Wait a minute. You mean you give us a device that can get Netflix, Hulu, um, and YouTube directly to it? Means we're not going to be watching TV as much? Who paid for this report? <laughs> this is like that German study that found that men like attractive women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's, it's stuff we've already been saying for a while. Internet streaming is where TV is going. And in fact, there was even another report I was going to put in here saying that some of the studios are starting to starting to uh, sign up with some streaming or services. So cables days are numbered. Yeah. Mm, unless they yeah they unless need they to do uh, all the cart or something. Or cable is like BlackBerry. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. That's like the worst possible insult you can give a person. <laughs> Dude, how could you do that? That's just so Blackberry. <laughs> There's a show title for you. Oh, wow. Okay, um, our talking point, and we don't have uh, very long for it here, but uh, Zahner, you found a really interesting kind of almost blog post by a school teacher who said something that's it seems kind of counterintuitive, but really, really interesting that a generation that he's teaching right now has no clue how to use technology. Now, yeah. as middle-aged people, we all kind of assume the opposite, but... Well, I stopped and I thought about it, and he was talking about how he's a school teacher, kids know of technology, they know how to like play their mp3s they know how to answer their phone and take selfies with duck faces and whatnot uh, but if you tell them to do something actually technical with their devices they're they're clueless and i started thinking my kids they've all got tablets ch granted cheap chinese ones but they've all got tablets They've got, we've got two computers in the house. My kids, my three-year-old can sit down at the computer, pull up Netflix, pull up Minecraft, no big deal. My 13-year-old, same thing. You tell her to install a printer, and she asks me to do it. Our kids now, don't know how to actually use this technology that they have. Now that I think about this, I, I think I, I know what he's talking about. My my daughter uses one of the computers we have in the house. It got an update about a month ago and freaked out and wouldn't function. And my daughter was depressed for about a day until I got a chance to actually go in and actually sit down to that computer and go ahead and roll it back to a restore point and get it back up and running again. Well, my kids see a pop-up come up on the screen saying an update is available, and they come running to me asking what to do. Now, part of the, part of the thing that he brings up in the blog post gets me thinking here, too, because 
one of the reasons that the four of us are so technically minded, and I want to say people of our generation are probably more technically minded than our kids, is because our parents had no clue what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was left to us to figure things out. And how did most of us as kids figure things out? We pressed every button till it <laughs> broke, yep. and then we fixed yep. it. Clicked right? on every menu item. <laughs> we learned every single in and out. Whether we meant to or not, we did it just to f- figure out what it was we were doing. Well, unfortunately for our kids now, all their parents know how to do this. So they're not forced to click every button till it breaks. So it's almost like we're, we're kind of... the. We've almost happened by accident, our level of technical knowledge. And I'm not trying to like blow my own horn here or whatnot or blow our generation's horn. But it is a, a, something to think about. How many people are really, really computer proficient because their parents weren't? And they had to learn because their parents couldn't help them. How many times are we helping our kids so they don't have to learn? And is that actually a detriment in the long run? I wonder if I should actually break a computer and make my son and daughter fix it. See, and I've thought about that myself, you know. I, I, something simple. I had to install a Roku the other night. My kids couldn't have done that. I mean, right. and that's not even really computer oriented. That's just plug in a couple cables and you're good to go. <laughs> but my kids don't even know that level of, of technology. Yeah, yeah, my, I almost want to, uh, just, make a computer for my kids let them do whatever they want with it and if they break it encourage them to fix it <laughs> so this article is uh, making me want to do yeah uh, my oldest is nine and we do not have a computer for him and we only have laptops and since one of my la- one of the laptops i use to record the show i'm not letting anyone else touch it <laughs> but even you know during like he'll play a video game or whatnot and all of a sudden the window will pop up Stopping gameplay. Zook, Zook, what, what's, Zook, can you help me with this? Like, well, what is it? I don't know. Something's happened. What's happened? Well, it's popped up this message. What does the message say? And this is not just kids. I found a lot of adults that do this too. It's like, yep. you don't realize it's actually telling you something. Pay attention to it. This is a skill that we had to learn. That for some reason our kids are not. Yeah, it's like it's, it's actually giving you a message. It's, it's telling you to do something. Yeah, it's actually plain pay English, attention. Yeah, and gives you a a prompt. Do you want to do this? Yes or no? No, I want to continue playing my game. Okay, click no. Yeah. <laughs> like so, TLDR. Any- <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't be bothered to read. I'm playing a video game. Why would I want to read? <laughs> Oh, oh, here, let me put you down in front of a text-based game. You can have loads of fun. <laughs> let him play oh, Zork. Can you That'd be a horrible torture. Oh, wow. There's no You're graphics. in a room. Oh, hey, kids, here's this, this new game I want you to try. Your daddy played it 40 years ago. It's called Zork. Come and try it. So fun. <laughs> you need to like put it on a social network. That's the only way they'll play it. Pong had a graphics on it. <laughs> Just not Facebook, because we know 13-year-olds aren't aren't doing anything off Facebook. Picture-based Zork on Instagram. <laughs> wow. That, I, I think you're onto something there. <laughs> You've been eaten by a Gru. <laughs> Return to Zork was picture-based. Okay, well, on that bombshell, I actually had a good idea to steal a line from Jeremy Clarkson. 
into our favorites. Before we move into our favorites, go ahead, read the blog. It's it's a little bit on the long side, but I think it is worth the read because it really brings up some interesting points, something that maybe you're doing that you're not using technology to the fullest and your kids might be following. Maybe perhaps you're making it too easy for them. Who knows? Um, it, I know it got the four of us really thinking about it as well and really worth taking a look at and analyzing what we do in our families as well. So into our favorites. Mine is a humorous video. There is language, by the way, on how to use YouTube. It is 100% accurate. Everything about it is absolutely true. Like how most of YouTube's functions are absolutely worthless because most people don't own a YouTube channel. There's only one thing you need on YouTube, and it's your subscriptions, and they will never, ever give it to you. Hmm. It deals with how not to handle comments. Like, don't ever handle comments, ever. Don't read them. Just imagine they're not there. Uh, and, and so on and so forth. Again, there's language. Don't listen to it at work. Don't pull it up at church. But uh, it's still a lot of fun. You should check it out. Okay, if you have listened to the show for any length of time, you know that I am an Arrested Development fan. I've had a couple favorites related to Arrested Development in the past. Well, this one is no different, except it is Thor Arrested Development. Yes, the story of Thor and his wacky family as they're going about their misadventures in an Arrested Development style. It's a cartoon, couple minutes long. Uh, it's wonderful. There's so many, so many uh, hat tips to the Arrested Development series, and it just put a big old smile on my face when I came across it, so hopefully it will to you as well. Alright, so my favorite came from PBS. Um, if you, again, listen to the show for a while, you know I hate reality television and a PBS station back east created three fake commercials for fake reality TV shows that you could possibly see on a, a, a cable network Meet the Tanners, a family that loves to tan out in the sun Long Island Landscapers about people who are basically trying to run a landscaping business and fighting, and Clam Kings, probably the clam version of Duck Dynasty. And essentially what's funny is that the commercial looks real from the first little part of it, and then very in the commercial, it goes, you probably thought this was real, didn't you? And then it says, how about watching some, some, some real television? Very well done. Nice poke in the eye to, to the reality television. You'll, you'll, a lot of people probably get a good, good kick out of this. Do they interrupt the commercials halfway through and say, if you want to continue to see commercials like this, then call your local PBS station and give us money? <laughs> no, but they probably should have, <laughs> just to give themselves an old, their own poke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, my favorite is, uh, um, it's a parody of a YouTube video um, that came out a couple years ago, maybe a year ago, called Dumb Ways to Die. This parody um, is uh, playing, uh, it's the EVE Online version. I, I recently started playing EVE Online again, and so this uh, tickled my fancy, if you will. Um, gives you all the, uh, all the Dumb Ways to Die in the MMORPG of EVE Online. As a former, as a fellow former Eve player, if you have never played Eve before, you probably won't get all the in jokes, but it's still funny. You won't understand why it's so funny, but the graphics are 
pretty, pretty well funny. Done. They're pretty well done. And and the uh, the the lyrics, the the lady who sings it is actually, um, it's I think it's better than the original. I, w- I want to say so. Check it out. Just just like Weird Al. <laughs> just like Weird Al. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show this week. Again, head on over to SaltLakeComicCon.com. Only three weeks from today. Buy your tickets. Get it now. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to our friends. Thanks again. Feedback at SoulAndDroids.com. We want to hear what you're thinking. Until next time, cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day.